In this job, I meet lots of people, and despite how secularized we've become as a nation, most people still have some kind of bent towards a god of some sort or another. If he is there at all, what's he like? Some people picture God as the rather stern headmaster of yesteryear, the person whose presence created fear and panic, even if you hadn't done anything wrong. You felt like you had, simply because he was there. The person that you could never do enough to please. The person that seemed far too quick to stamp on a little misdemeanor of your own and took far too much pleasure from it. Some people think that God is like that, the kind of God that you'd keep your distance uh, from. Some people think God is like uh, that lady. Some of you will think that's just like my mother, but that's another story. He'll only ever be cross and nothing will be good enough. Some people think God is a bit like the uncle that was from Only Fools and Horses with his head on upside down. A jolly kind of person, but totally inept, uh, perhaps more contemporary, a bit like the grandfather in uh, the sitcom Outnumbered. A laughing stock, incapable really of controlling anything, not really aware of what's going on, and this world is spinning in some kind of chaos and it's out of control in heaven as much as it's out of control on earth. Others think of God less personal. Some kind of mysterious force hovering around. It might be a good force, but it's mysterious and certainly not personable, indefinable. A life force, maybe, but not something we can really know or understand. And so Jesus told a story to help people get to grips with what God was and still is really like. And so he told a story about a father. A father who loved his son enough to watch him make his own mistakes, to watch him go and do his own thing who watched even though his son's life was literally going down the pan. It's a story about a father who loved his son so much that he waited for him every single day, longing that that day, this day, would be the day that he would come home. It's a story about a father who loved his son so much, not just to watch and to wait, but to welcome him home with open arms and to throw the party of the century. God is like that father. God is like that father. But most people don't realize he's like that father. Most people are still caught up with the headmaster image, delighting in punishing us for the non-observance of, uh, of some archaic rule, or the jolly old man who has absolutely no relevance or connection with real life in the here and now. And people say, I, I, I don't need that kind of God. So Jesus told a story to help people understand what God is like. And Jesus said, God is like that Father. Look at this story with me and see the most amazing things uh, about him. There was uh, a man, it says, who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Can you hear that? How long is that going to do that for? <laughs> Two sons. The younger one said, I want it now. The culture wasn't that different 
now than it was back then. If you wanted your mum and dad's money, you kind of had to wait till they'd gone. But this son was arrogant and cocky enough to say he wanted it now. Imagine raising half or a third of what inheritance might finally be left for your children now. But somehow, this is what this father did. He loved his son enough, he even responded to his cocky, arrogant demands. And he left home. His father had loved him and taught him. His father had given him everything that he had. But now this son was off, champing at the bit, straining on the leash of his father's love. But what could his father do? His father could have stopped him, of course. But no, his father wanted so much more. This father wanted his son's heart. This father wanted his son's love, so he let him go. Loved him enough to watch him go. Not long after that, the younger son set off. God's loved each one of us enough to let us go. He could force us, compel us, imprison us to do only what He wanted. He could, of course, make us stay if He wanted to, but He wanted so much more than that. That's not love. That's not life. God's loved us <clears throat> excuse me, all enough to watch us leave. And like that boy, we've all left home. We all thought it would be a good idea to go to the far-flung country. We all thought that we knew best and we lived without Him. We're meant, of course, to live with God. That's where we belong. That was our home. But we too have left. And and we've done our own thing. And and we found ourselves in this far-flung country that we call planet Earth today. And we're no longer home. And just as that father with grief in his heart watched as that young boy took the inheritance and walked off down the road that day, knowing the choices he would probably make, knowing the money that would be squandered, knowing the heartache that would ensue. Maybe you've never given it a second thought, but there's a Father in Heaven who's watched just like that. Every one of us walk off down that road. Each time it's broken his heart but he's loved us enough to let us do our own thing. Every moment, every choice, every heartache, every, every, every disappointment, all known to God as he watched us go. It might have been good for a while, but it soon went terribly wrong. As we know, not long after that, the younger son left for this distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. That's like longing for a McDonald's. That bad. Maybe sometimes... You felt like that man. That everything you chased in life turned out to be nothing. That the moment you thought you were grabbing hold of something, when you really held on to it, it just flittered away in your very hands. 
Maybe life was good, but then suddenly it ran aground on the rocks of disappointment or failure. A relationship, you believed in it, but it didn't work out. A sadness in your family, a career that never happened, a sickness, a death, a a something, and you ended up like this man. It never worked out. Pigs are smelly animals to us, to those people that were listening. They were unclean, dirty in every way. You you would be the lowest of the low to have anything to do with a pig. To be so desperate you'd eat a pig's food was beyond comprehension. You'd fallen that low. The pit was that deep and you were rock bottom. And there's a sense in which we've all been there. Moments in our lives when we thought the things that would really do it didn't. And we thought the things that if only we could grab hold of them, even if we did grab hold of them, they ran through our fingers like water runs away. We've all been there. And maybe you're there right now. Maybe the whole reason you're in this room this morning is because God knows that you're right there, right now. And there's only one good thing about being in that place. Is that sometimes it creates an opportunity for us to come to our senses. Maybe the only good thing about where you are right now is it's shaking you enough to think, what do I really want? Who will I really turn to? What really matters now? His life had come to this low ebb. And he begins to come to his senses and he thinks, how many of my father's hired men, let alone a son, have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He knew that for him, even in that pigsty, there was so much more that was possible. It was never meant to be this way. There was so much more that his life could be about. He was meant to be home. And I think we know that too, deep down, inside, somewhere. Instinctively, I think, deep down inside each of us, we carry this belief that there must be something more. Surely this isn't it. Surely it wasn't meant to be the way it's turned out. See, when I weep with a husband who's lost his wife, or when I pray by the bedside of someone who's desperately sick, or when I listen to the trauma of someone's past, the pain of broken relationships, the struggle to believe in ourselves, the stranglehold of guilt, something deep inside me, and I think something deep inside all of us, cries, it wasn't meant to be like this. We're made for so much more. This man knew it could be different and instinctively so do we. He longed for home and so do we. Home where we're at peace with ourselves. Home where we can feel safe and secure. Home where we know that we belong. Home with the love of the Father. But what this man feeding these pigs didn't know was whether he still had a home. Was there still a room with his name on the door? Was his bowl and plate still at the table? Was his mug still by the sink? Was there a welcome in the courtyard still, after all these years? And I think it's the same for many of us. Some of us would have headed for home years ago if we were confident that there would be a welcome, but we're just not sure. 
Instead, we worry that we've blown it. We, we think we've messed it up too much. We've gone too far away. And if God's like that headmaster, then all he'll do is shout at me and punish me for the rest of my days. I don't need that. I know how bad I've been. Or maybe he's like that dopey old man. And if he is like that dopey old man, he'll never sort out the mess of my life anyway. So there's just no point. And our hearts are crying to go home, but we're just too scared. We just can't believe that there might be a welcome for me. Maybe the only reason you're here this morning is to listen to this phrase. God has been waiting every day of your life to welcome you home. Every day. Not a moment. That's what Jesus is saying. That father is still looking. He's still waiting. He's still wondering. He's still watching. Every moment of every day to welcome you home. This man took the courage in the pigsty that some of us have not yet had the courage to do. Some of us have not yet been ready to take, to decide to go home. When he came to his senses and asked, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. This is what I'll do. I'll set out and I'll go back to my father. And I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned. I've messed up. That's all it means. I've messed up against heaven and against you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. This is the most courageous thing you can do with your life. The courage to decide today to head for home. So he sets off. Can you imagine it? <clears throat> Excuse me. He's in this far-flung country. Taking days to get home. And every day he gets up and he's rehearsing in his mind what will happen. He's got all kinds of scenarios about how his father will respond, what people will say, Father, I've sinned, I'm sorry. Father, I'm not worthy before heaven and before you. And he's rehearsing his speech, wondering what it might be. He's staying awake at night, he just can't sleep for fear of it all going wrong. Will his dad recognize him? Will his dad still be alive? Will the farm still be there? Is there is a, if there is a home, will there be a room that's mine? And so he makes the slow journey home with dread in his heart about what might be, <laughs> how wrong he was. Years had gone by, the old man had gone grey, the wrinkles on his face had increased, but still with failing eyes he was watching, waiting every day. And suddenly in the distance he sees his son while he was a long way off. His father saw him and was filled in his heart with compassion for him, he ran to his son. If you know anything about that culture, you know that men didn't run, a bit like today really, except in the marathon. Uh, old men certainly didn't run, and whatever else you did, you did not lift up your robe to run, because that's incredibly undignified to reveal the lower parts of your legs. Bear that in mind this summer, gentlemen. And, but he couldn't give two hoots about that. Didn't matter who was looking, where he was, there in the distance. He could tell by the way he was walking, the shape of his body. I, I can't see his face, but that's my boy. And everything in his heart leaped and he started to run. He dropped what he was doing. Nothing else mattered. And he's out on the road as fast as he can towards his boy. And he threw his arms around him 
And he kissed him. And love and forgiveness and welcome was flowing from his heart. And then this awesome moment, this, this speech that had been prepared that he could hardly get out of his mouth before his father interrupted. Father, I've blown it. I've sinned. I've made a complete mess of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've sinned against heaven. What would God think? What do you think about what I've done? I've messed it up. And then right in the middle, just as he's getting into the stride of his speech, the father says to the serpents, forget all that. Quick, bring, bring what? Bring the best robe, robes only for sons, and put it on him. Put that ring, the one that only a son is entitled to wear. Get that ring on his finger. Get those sandals now on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. That calf that I've been waiting to have a reason to celebrate, get that one, the one that's just been there waiting for a party, and we're going to celebrate. Why? Because this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive. just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse. Jesus says in this world, we don't really understand it. We just see little pictures, little glimpses. And Jesus said, hey, this is just a little glimpse of what God will do for you if you head back home. I don't know anyone who wouldn't head for home if they knew that that was the welcome. And there's only one way you'll find out. Only one way this lost son would discover what would happen if he went back home and said, I'm sorry for the mess that I've made. There's only one way that you'll ever know what the welcome in heaven will be really like. There's only one way you'll ever know now here on earth what the welcome God will give you if you head back home. Why not let today be the day to use the words in the story. You come to your senses. You wake up to it all. It doesn't have to be like this. To face the feelings deep inside, it doesn't have to stay this way. And head for home. Head for home towards a God who loved you enough to watch you leave. A God who's loved you enough to wait every single day for you to return. And a God who loves you enough to give you a welcome you wouldn't believe. You say, how do I go home? How do I head for home this morning? And home isn't when you die, although it is in a sense. Home is just finding God for yourself in the here and now. It's what you were made for, what you were designed for. How do I go home? Going home is very simple, but not always easy. Took some guts, didn't it, to get out of a pigsty? Hello? You know, that took some courage, I think, to make the journey home. Imagine making the journey home for the door to be slammed in your face. Took some courage to get out of the pigsty. It's hard, but it's simple. The son had to face the truth that living away from God, away from his father, had been a huge, catastrophic mistake. Living away from his father had seemed so appealing, but in the end it had so little to offer. Living away from God looks so good sometimes, but in the end leads us to nothing that we really want. That's the first step on the road that takes you back home, the road on which God will run, will run to meet. There's a God in heaven who'll lift up his robe and leg it towards you. 
You'll just start the journey and God will be by your side. He will rush in the instant you turn towards home. And it's the path to the greatest welcome on earth. Imagine how sad it would have been if that man had spent the rest of his days in that pigsty, never knowing. Imagine if he never knew that there was a room back home with his name still on it. Imagine if there, as he longed to eat the food that the pigs were having, he never discovered that the plate and bowl were still at the table. Imagine if every day he never knew that his mug, warm and rich with drink, was there by the sink. Because that's where he belonged. That was his home. Imagine if he chose to stay with the pigs. For God's sake, for your sake. Come home. Why don't you come home? Let's pray. Father, I want to pray this morning for people who do not know what it means to come home. For people who deep down in their hearts know that it was never meant to be like this, but, but, but don't know which way to go, I'm asking in that dilemma that you would awaken that ability to come, for us to come to our senses, to see what we really need to see, to know it doesn't need to be like this. And to make that decision to head for home, which begins by recognizing that I've made a mistake before God and maybe before others too. I've messed up before God. I thought I, I, thought I knew best. I thought I, I was the answer to my own situation. I thought going my way was the best deal. And I realize now it wasn't. What I thought would make the difference has left me empty. What I thought would answer the questions has left me yearning for more. And I hear that story that Jesus told about what God is like. And I understand this morning that if I recognize that I've made a mistake, that I've lived without him, if I turn and head towards him, he'll come running to me. Not to beat me about all the things I've got wrong, but to love me and welcome me to put a new robe on me, a, a new way of living, to put that ring on my finger, so to speak, that I, might, that I might be the son, the daughter of Father God that I was made to be. That if I recognize my mistake and head for home, there'll always be a welcome. For some of us, our picture of God is so messed up by all that's gone on in our lives, we can't imagine that he's like the way Jesus describes in the story. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, open our spiritual eyes to see 
what God is really like. Because it's there in your word. You said, this is what God is like. This is what he will do when we head for home. And so we pray for people we know. Maybe we feel more like the father in the story because we know people that are away from home today and we're longing that they'd come back. Father God, as you wait, help us to wait. Give us the patience of heaven. Give us the longing of heaven every day to wait in prayer till that day we see in the distance those people you know and love so much more than we do begin to make their way home. Lord, I come to you.